Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast from Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to get into God's Word every single day, so we decided to read through the Bible chronologically and talk about it together. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, you're listening to God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan, and we have special guest Andrew Kelly here today. Andrew Kelly in the house. We're so excited. Love it. Glad to be here. <laughs> so today we're talking about the Lord's response to Job and... Man, we are going to learn so much about God. And it's part of asking that question of who God is as we're reading Job and what's his character and what's he like. These passages that the Lord is speaking in, it's really going to answer those questions for us. And it's such a great picture of who God really is. So what did you guys think when you were reading it? My actual first thought is if you are a person who normally just listens to like us talk about stuff and maybe skips the reading, I think today's a great time to actually listen to the reading. Well... <laughs> No? I kind of messed up a little bit. <laughs> she didn't mess up. It all got fixed in editing. It sounds fantastic. Only God could read this because it's a, such a tongue twister. <laughs> it is a tongue twister. What's that poetry thing, right? This yeah. is this is the poetry thing. But definitely take a minute and actually listen to it because I think, I don't know. Like, I don't know. To me, it's not necessarily like the words that have the weight. I guess it is somewhat. But to me, I'm imagining. I've been imagining this whole story. So I imagine Job, like, in the ashes with his burning house behind him, all his idiot friends making fun of him. And now I and just imagine, like, God just, like, blowing up in his whirlwind, just being like, yo, I'm going to talk and you're going to listen. Yeah. And, like, all he the He definitely idiots. did not stutter like I did. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, Chelsea is underrepresenting how good this is. So the Lord's, sure like, listen. at the end, he's like, did I stutter? <laughs> But I think, I think like, God rolls up, and he's, like, he's going to lay down, like, who he is, and everybody's going to pay attention. So I think anytime God speaks, we should pay attention. But I think today, like, as we've walked through this Job story, like, definitely take a minute and listen to what God has to say. Yeah. If you don't like listening to us, read it for yourself. (laughs) Listen to those people on, like, the Bible app that have beautiful voices. We tried to get Morgan Freeman. He was busy. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Morgan Freeman. I, I, can just, I know that there was natural reverb on God's voice. You might have to add a little bit on Chelsea's. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, what did you actually think as we were reading this together? <laughs> I guess like very, very natural, simple things that I noticed. Like God, when he speaks, he goes from creation elements. So he's talking about like the where who told the sea to sit where it's supposed to? Who put the stars where they're going to be? Like who made the, the light shine? Yeah. So he goes from like creation elements like two actual creatures. And then he starts to talk about horses and donkeys and ostriches. Um, so there is like this little bit of a progression to what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, but to me, I think God is just actually setting up like, this is how powerful I am. Um, I, in some ways, I think um, like it, to me, it's not a humble response. It's a powerful response. Um, and I think that if me, uh, like me as an American youth pastor, uh, me as like an American Christian, this is probably not the response that I would like to write in my head. Like, well, God responds to us. Like, I think a lot of times I assume God is like going to come to Job and be like, hey, man, it's okay. Like, pat him on the back, give him a hug. Don't worry. I always love you, which is true. But what God does is just like roll up and be like, yo, be quiet. This is who I am. I'm in charge of everything. I tell the ostriches where to stick their eggs. I tell the eagles where to land. Like, what are you doing, Job? Right. And so he's, he, the other thing that I notice is the similarities between what Job's friends say and what God says. So there are similarities. Job's friends are talking about like the sovereignty of God, but God takes it a step further and talks about these things that no man could ever even comprehend. Like it didn't even occur to them to make the argument about ostriches and 
um, where they lay their eggs and the seas and like the foundations of the earth and all these things are just so wild and crazy and out of the comprehension of man. God is like, even all your best arguments about me can't actually live up to what I do. I, th- I think too, just to add to it, like if if God's telling ostriches where to lay their eggs and eagles where to land, like I guess he probably knows about our finances. He probably knows about our families. He probably knows about the decisions that we're faced with. Like just just to actually hone in on like actual application for your day to day, like God does know what you're going through in a very pointed, aware kind of way. I think in a way that maybe we don't always want to represent, like God knows what you're up to. He knows what's in your mind. Like he's put you there. Um, And that's what Job is faced with. Like that's definitely, this is definitely a very well-crafted argument of like, I know what's going on, Job. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Well, I think that I'm still kind of like stuck in this whole place. Like it's hard to not read this passage and then read Job's response at the end of saying, oh my gosh, how could I ever find these answers? I'm going to cover my mouth with my hand. I've said too much already mm-hmm. and not have that. Like I, 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 of course, like in putting myself in Job's place and going and going like, oh my gosh, like how would I be responding if God came to me with this stuff, you know, like, and, and I still am intrigued the most by like, cause I mean, I think that like when I have, have read through Job, I feel like I'm always so surprised that like the whole time I'm reading it going, oh yeah, Job's a good guy. Job's a good guy. He's, he's on God's good side. He's on God's good side. And then we hear all this, you know, that, that God's response then to Job is this. And I can't help but wonder how much in this, like that God is um, actually wanting Job, how much, how important it is for Job to recognize God's holiness. Like as in, there's this part of me, if I'm like sitting here and kind of psychoanalyzing, like, like, what is God doing here? You know, like, is, is this almost this thought of like, like, is, 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 is there a sense where God is calling Job higher by saying, all right, listen, you, you have, you have not cursed me and died like your friends have told you to do. And you are waiting for a response from me, but there is something very, 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 very important that you're missing. And, and in this questioning to Job, he's actually, he's actually doing Job a really good thing. And, 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 and in some way is, is this part of how God is, is, is God course correcting Job? Is he doing something in Job's heart right now that, that only God could see that is very badly needed or like what is going on here? I think those are the questions that go through my head because I think that there's this, of course, this part of me that goes, oh my gosh, do I recognize that otherness, that holiness of God in my life? Am I approaching God that way and giving that space to say, oh my gosh, you are absolutely something completely other God. And I have to take some time to recognize that, you know, like, am I doing that myself? And so. Before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about how we approach God and what that looks like. Andrew, you had some really good thoughts on that. You want to share those? Um, yeah, and they're of course they're not my thoughts. I, I heard them um, from somebody else, but but uh, Robert Ferguson, a teaching pastor at Hillsong, had um, brought up this whole side of approaching God about how there are two ways that we can approach God that actually are kind of wrong. I mean, sometimes we come to God too flippantly, where we say, "God, oh, you're my best friend. It's so good to see you. I love, I love, <laughs> love that you know we get to hang out right now." And it's this very flippant 
almost too friendly approach to God. And then on the flip side to that, sometimes we can approach God in, in, in almost like this wallowing that, um, that I think is completely not recognizing, of course, not like recognizing, you know, possibly his grace, like what he's actually done for us, you know, but, but sometimes like in the, in the staying down, but, but the point that Robert Ferguson was trying to make is that it's not in either of those places that that posture that we actually find ourselves able to draw close. It's actually in between those two postures that we find ourselves able to draw close. We know how much, like we live in this age of like, you know, Jesus has risen from the dead and it's, and it's by faith that we come and can actually draw near to him, you know, that we can actually, it's by believing in him and, and believing what he um, has already accomplished for us that, that allows us to draw near, like, you know, like, um, like we shouldn't be able to, you know, apart yeah. from what he's done. And, um, and I think I've, 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 my thoughts have just completely trailed at this point, but I think, I think that what I was, <laughs> I, think, I, I think what I was like thinking of uh, along those lines is, is, is we, we know everything that Jesus has done for us. And that is such an important thing, but there, but there's this, this place of like being able to approach him as both this recognition of, of like, Wow, who am I to even be able to draw near to you, God, right yeah. now? And 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 almost leaving that space for well, what if God actually wants to question me about a bunch of things? You know, what if He actually wants to bring up a bunch of things? And recognizing that 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 there is this complete holiness and otherness and goodness about God, um, and. And, and, and then, of course, not taking it too far to believe that God's only going to come to us in some kind of like just buddy kind of way, you know. And I, th- I think that that's what's really interesting about God is that is that he has this way of um, he has. He, I, I don't know. He's, he's completely other. He has this way of of both challenging us and appearing very close to us at the same time. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, yeah we had a conversation with us about this with our kids recently. We're doing at worship center right now, we're doing 21 days of prayer. And so we've been doing that every day as a family. Um, and recently we like talked about the prayer point. We went to pray together. And as we're praying, our kids are like rolling around on the couch and like hanging upside down and like tickling each other and like pulling each other's hair and laughing. And, um, Dustin, my husband was just like, Hey guys, I want you to say the word throne room. And they were like throne room. (laughs) That's so very Dustin. <laughs> it is. And so I'm like kind of smiling as he's doing this, but he's like, God loves seeing you having fun. You can talk to God whenever you want. He loves that you're happy. He loves when you're playing and you're talking to him. He loves that you can be sad and talk to him. He loves all these things. But when we're coming to God and making a request, we need to do it in a way of recognizing that he's God. He said it in much simpler terms than that for, oh, for a five and two-year-old to understand. But I'm reminded of this as I'm reading this passage. If you want to get a sense of who God is mm-hmm. and come before him and be like, oh, yeah, this is the creator of the earth that I'm talking to. Read this chapter in Job because it's incredible. And he's not done. He's not done. He's going to keep going. Job's like, yeah, I'll be quiet. And God's like, yeah, you will. (laughs) And keeps going. (laughs) I know. I know this is a little spoiler alert for tomorrow, but one of the first things he says is brace yourself like a man. (laughs) Oh, boy. He's got more to say. It's like, can you imagine if you were in an argument with somebody and halfway through a very long argument, they're like, yeah, brace yourself like a man. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) 
Why didn't you tell me that when you started? I've never had that effect on an argument. <laughs> I've never hit that point where they, where I took a breath, and they were in awe, and I said, hey, there's more. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. I'm done. Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks, guys, so much for listening today. We have more tomorrow. Andrew Kelly's going to be back with us tomorrow. We're going to talk more about what God is doing when he comes to challenge Job and then what happens afterwards. It's going to be great. We're wrapping up Job, and I'm so grateful for this book of the Bible. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Job 38, beginning in verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations, and who laid its cornerstone? As the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb? And as I clothed it with the clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness, for I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no farther will you come. Here, your proud waves must stop. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth and bring an end to night's wickedness? As the light approaches, the earth takes shape like clay pressed beneath a seal. It is robed in brilliant colors. The light disturbs the wicked and stops the arm that is raised in violence. Have you explored the springs from which the seas come? Have you explored their depths? Do you know where the gates of death are located? Have you seen the gates of utter gloom? Do you realize the extent of the earth? Tell me about it if you know. Where does light come from, and where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Do you know how to get there? But of course you know all this, for you were born before it was all created, and you are so very experienced." Have you visited the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of hail? I have reserved them as weapons for time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. Where is the path to the source of light? Where is the home of the east wind? Who created a channel for the torrents of rain? Who laid out the path for lightning? Who makes the rain fall on barren land in a desert where no one lives? Who sends rain to satisfy the parched ground and make the tender grass spring up? Does the rain have a father? Who gives birth to the dew? Who is the mother of the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens? For the water turns to ice as hard as rock, and the surface of the water freezes. Can you direct the movement of the stars, binding the cluster of the Pleiades, or loosening the cords of Orion? Can you direct the constellations through the seasons, or guide the bear with her cubs across the heavens? Do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the earth? Can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct? Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? Who is wise enough to count all the clouds? Who can tilt the water jars of heaven when the parched ground is dry and the soil has hardened to clods? Can you stalk prey for a lioness and satisfy the young lion's appetites as they lie in their dens or crouch in the thicket? Who provides food for the ravens when their young cry out to God and wander about in hunger? Do you know when the wild goats give birth? Have you watched as deer are born in the wild? Do you know how many months they carry their young? Are you aware of the time of their delivery? They crouch down to give birth to their young and deliver their offspring. Their young grow up in the open fields and then leave home and never return. Who gives the wild donkey its freedom? Who untied its ropes? I have placed it in the wilderness. Its home is in the wasteland. It hates the noise of the city and has no driver to shout at it. The mountains are its pasture land, where it searches for every blade of grass. Will the wild ox consent to being tamed? Will it spend the night in your stall? Can you hitch a wild ox to a plow? Will it plow a field for you? 
Given its strength, can you trust it? Can you leave and trust the ox to do your work? Can you rely on it to bring home your grain and deliver it to your threshing floor? The ostrich flaps her wings grandly, but they are no match for the feathers of the stork. She lays her eggs on top of the earth, letting them be warmed in the dust. She doesn't worry that a foot might crush them or a wild animal might destroy them. She is harsh toward her young, as if they are not her own. She doesn't care if they die, for God has deprived her of wisdom. He has given her no understanding. But whenever she jumps up to run, she passes the swiftest horse with its rider. Have you given the horse its strength or clothed its neck with a flowing mane? Do you give it the ability to leap like a locust? Its majestic snorting is terrifying. It paws the earth and rejoices in its strength when it charges out to battle. It laughs at fear and is unafraid. It does not run from the sword. The arrows rattle against it and the spear and javelin flash. It paws the ground fiercely and rushes forward into battle when the ram's horn blows. It snorts at the sound of the horn. It senses the battle in the distance. It quivers at the captain's commands and the noise of the battle. Is it your wisdom that makes the hawk soar and spread its wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle rises to the heights to make its nest? It lives on the cliffs, making its home on distant rocky crag. From there, it hunts its prey, keeping watch with piercing eyes. Its young gulp down blood. Where there's a carcass, there you'll find it. Then the Lord said to Job, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? Then Job replied to the Lord, I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? I will cover my mouth with my hand. I have said too much already. I have nothing more to say. (laughs) 